there, Shopper Maniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show podcast, all about front and full stack web design and development. I'm Dave Rubin. With me is Chris Full Stack Coyer. Hey, Chris. Hey, oh, thanks. Yeah, relating it to my to my recent talk I published. Thanks, Dave. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that in another show, although we kind of already have in a way. So I was circling it back, circling yeah. it back to the oops, I'm full stack. Yeah, oops, I'm full stack. That's it feels that way to me. Although it's funny when I was writing and thinking about all the future of front end stuff, I was like, you know what? It's not that different of a feeling when, you know, years ago, a decade ago, with no <laughs> ability to make websites at all, I was able to struggle my way through installing WordPress, you know, buying a domain name, pointing it at some hosting and installing WordPress there. And, and isn't that funny? Doesn't that make me full stack too? Mm-hmm. Like I did all that by myself and I installed a theme and I customized that theme and I made and deployed a website. Nobody's dang permission, you know? It's just kind of funny that now we're like, well, I connect to a headless CMS with APIs. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I love that stuff, too. But it's not that different. Than- but have you ever synced your production and local database? <laughs> no, I would just give up on that and just not do it at all. Anyway, <laughs> Dave's trying to uh, <laughs> trying to to get us to the meat and potatoes. We have a, a special guest this week to talk about, you know, I, there's no avoiding it. We're going to talk about WordPress a whole bunch. We have uh, Brad Tunar. Hey, Brad. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, thanks for being on. D- B- Brad, you've um, generously sponsored this show in the past, and we've talked about your products on the show uh, many times, one of them being one that I think people super familiar with the show will be familiar with, the WP Migrate DB Pro. <laughs> Such an awesome product. I've sung its praises many times, although we should point out the show isn't particularly sponsored. We just wanted to talk to you, Brad. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, riffing on our product over the years. It's It's really helped us out and Especially in the early days when we were first launching, Chris, you like you you helped me out a bunch. You you talked about it on CSS Tricks as well. So you know, huge mm. thanks to you for that. That's that's been really sure. Well, really you don't need impactful. to thank me because it's kind of like and it's funny. All these, I mean, I'm sure you have like a better bead on what your what the competitive market is like for this kind of product. But to me, it doesn't seem like there are any. It's like there's you know, it's like it's not like there's no other ways to move a database but you know if we're setting the stage here it's like your production database is the one that's got all the stuff in it you know on a site like css tricks we have a huge database just full of posts and pages and custom post types and forums and all this stuff and sometimes when you're working on it locally you just want all of it or at least a good subsection of it so that it feels like you're working on the real site on CSS Tricks, it's not even optional. Like, there's so much going on there where it has to, like, reference exact pages with IDs and stuff that it just, I can't, I can't install a starter DB of, of stuff and have that be a useful way to work. It's just not happening. And I assume most sites kind of become like that at some point in their existence, that you're just like, I can't just like have a hello world post and do what I need to do developing this product. I need a way to get my production database down. And if you're a nerd, there's a m- bunch of ways to do it. You can SSH in and MySQL dump and get an SQL file and then download that to your computer somewhere and run the MySQL commands on your terminal to put that database into place. And then the second you do that, hey, it's great, but now my password is my production password and my password manager forgot it. And more importantly, all my images are broken because they're pointing somewhere weird. And like, there's just issues with that that people come up with. And it's like, wouldn't it be nice if you could just like press a button and have your production database get pulled down and have it munge all that data necessary to, uh, uh, to become the, the work just fine on a local database. And you all made that product. So good job. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. It's it's funny that you you mentioned that workflow because like the genesis of that plugin is actually for staging sites. So like I was working at an agency and I needed to move uh, a WordPress site from my local dev environment up to a staging server so that the you know uh, account managers and all the other people on the team could like add content to that site. 
Uh, and I did this, you know, manually a few times and then and hit my head against the wall pretty hard yeah. <laughs> each time because you have to do a finder in place on the database, but then that screws up all the serialized data because if there's any finder and replaces that affect the serialized data, it corrupts it. And so then you have to like rebuild all your widgets and it's just, oh my God, it's just such a nightmare. So I uh, built, the, built the plugin to do the finder and replace and handle the serialized data and uh, just kind of spit out an export of the database. Uh, and uh, I just threw it up on WordPress.org, not thinking anything of it at the time. And it was only years later when I was looking to get into products to, to build my first kind of serious commercial product that right. I took a look took a look at that thing. And I was really? Like, oh. You're like, well, let's resurrect that thing. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much how it went. So, so it's, it's true a- that there's all kinds of like data munging that has to happen for this plugin to do what it needs to do, right? Yeah, yeah, there is. There's some some weird stuff. Uh, it so it it will actually uh, unserialize the data and then do a recursive find and replace, like looking through uh, like so. If it's a an associative array, for example, uh, it'll it'll go right down like into the bottom of the nest and like try to find a, a URL to replace. Um, and if it's an object, like a serialized object, it, it will actually go through the object, go through all the variables in the object, and actually try to replace some values there as well. So yeah, it does. And, and you know, there's some weird stuff. It'll account for like some uh, some dis- differences between versions of MySQL that we ran up against. Mm. Uh, so like so like if you're migrating from you know, an old version of MySQL to a newer version of MySQL, there could be differences in between the two, so it'll actually handle yeah. those for you. I remember yeah, at some so. point in, in in WordPress history, it like we like decided to support emojis better or something, and that was like some yep. weird years there where it felt like half mm-hmm. and half. And that was uh, the UTF eight MB four transition, right. <laughs> as you do, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean. I'm glad that it supports emojis now, but it made for some difficult years. But I guess that's just software, isn't it? So it's funny because there's a, like a cost to it in that not just like a cost that if you want this pro version, you have to like literally pay money for it, but money well spent if you ask me. But like on a huge site, I, I might have to like leave it running overnight to get it all. Like, and that, and I think to a nerd, that's like not, you know, you'd be like, yeah, but even on a huge database, like a MySQL dump is like, a few seconds like it's not like that seems crazy that you'd be willing to put up with that kind of time thing when like isn't there just a i mean mysql write a script dump it find replace import it like they, this can't be the way but i'm like i don't even care like i don't even want that technical debt in my life i'm more than happy to let it go overnight and that's an extreme case anyway when i use it on shop talk shows wordpress site it runs in like two minutes or whatever so it's like most people are probably in that boat anyway. And I'm only talking about my suck production down to local thing, but you're even saying that's just one of use case anyway, isn't there? There's this like you can use it to talk in between staging and production and local too. So there's a workflow there that it does. And you have this other workflow that I don't think I've ever used, but I'm, I guess some people probably do where you could like you could like treat your local database like the source of truth kind of and and push posts up if you wanted. Yeah, I mean you you can do that. You have to be careful with replacing production in a WordPress site because uh if your site has uh certain maybe it has certain plugins installed that add data from the front end. So a user submits a form, like let's say you have Gravity Forms installed. So if someone submits a form, that's gonna go in your database. Well you didn't you don't have that data locally while you're right. developing and if you push up your changes you're going to overwrite the database and you're going to lose that data that the the person submitted via the form that's just one example if you're running an e-commerce site with a Wooco- like WooCommerce or another e-commerce plugin you're going to have orders coming in so you, yeah. you have to be you have to be So why do you like, even have that functionality at all built into it that push functionality Oh for staging sites mainly so so okay. that you can just quickly set up a staging site. Uh, you know, you just set up a bare bones WordPress site on a staging server somewhere, and then you push, and away you go. So you push production staging to staging so that it's kind of a mirror. Yeah, 
or or you or you're so maybe you've just built this site for the first time so it's a new site right and you need to set it up on staging to get it populated by the content team then you could use MigraDB Pro to push to staging to set up the site on that staging server as well that's that's probably a pretty common workflow actually um that was pretty much the primary workflow when i worked at an agency so all right well well that's the that's that product which you still make and i'm sure is a is a i don't know it's, it seems likely that it's a staple over at delicious brains that's the name of your kind of the the company that umbrellas over these products right yep definitely it's it's kind of our flagship product although we have a new product that's emerging yeah <laughs> well right as i think that's how i heard from you Ooh. most recently we need some like uh, price is right <laughs> we need some like <laughs> uh, it's a it's a you've kind of s- stepped your foot into the the hosting market for WordPress but in a in a somewhat unusual way it's not like you've become mm-hmm. a hosting reseller or uh, or started your own kind of hosting company or something it's this really kind of unusual middle ground between I don't know <laughs> Let's see. What's the best way to, to to sell this? Maybe I'll just pass it off to you to kind of to do it, and then I'll pepper you with my own questions about it. The product is called Spin Up WP, right? Yes, yeah, like spin up a server, but spin up a WordPress server. So spin up WP. Yeah. So uh, if anyone's familiar with Laravel Forge, it's Laravel Forge, but for WordPress instead of Laravel, right? Um, I've heard a lot so, of good things about Forge because at, at mm-hmm. um, I think once in a while I end up talking about like, hey, what is your like local WordPress development setup like? Because I think for a long time it used to be like, I don't know, a lot of people use MAMP, you know, but that mm-hmm. was like, for whatever reason, there's just endless problems with MAMP. It seemed like over the years, like it would work fine for a couple months and then maybe a new version, who knows, something would go wrong. And it was always like, when it did, it sucked, you know? And then there was like, I don't know, oh, along comes Vagrant and Docker and all these things. But they seemed like a pretty like large step up in in nerdery that not everybody was comfortable with. You know, like I had a few minutes where I was trying to deal with Docker myself and then I'm like, you know what? I think I'll leave that to the Docker nerds. <laughs> and then along came uh, Local by Flywheel, which is what I use now, which is just right up my alley. It's this nice little GUI and you just press a little button and it does some stuff and it just makes your sites work, uh, you know, locally just fine. So I'm kind of a big fan of that product. But every time I mention it, people are like, what about Laravel Forge? You know, I feel like just as many or more people like that as like an mm-hmm. alternative. Actually, I think you're talking about Laravel Valet. Valet, uh, which, sorry, yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So apparently yeah, there's lots there. of products. Yeah, Valet is pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's just like a a command line based local dev environment that uses Homebrew to install uh, nginx and the whole stack uh, just locally on your Mac. It's Uh, meant for local, whereas this Forge thing is meant for not local. Yeah, right. That that's right. So Laravel Forge is uh, a cloud app. that uh, allows you to quickly spin up servers and uh, get you mm-hmm. hosting your uh, Laravel app really quickly on on your own servers, and that's basically and by what on built. your own. You mean like I don't know AWS or something like you're hosting <laughs> yeah. for somebody else? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you could as long. I think it works with anything with an IP address. I know, like our product mm. does, like anything with an IP address that you can connect to. Spin up WP will connect to it. And, and try to run up. bash commands or whatever. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's yes. cool. So, so that's so that's you know, and people use Forge for WordPress too because it's PHP specific, right? Yes, they do. Uh, a lot of people use Forge, and but the problem was like we were using Forge for WordPress actually as well, yeah. and uh, we were on a company retreat and we were discussing that, and you know, someone said something like. Oh, it'd be amazing if there was Laravel Forge for WordPress, where it would go the extra mile and like set everything up for WordPress for you. And then we all said, "Hmm, yeah, that would be that would be nice if that existed." Because the checklist uh, isn't particularly small, right? There's all kinds of no. crap you have to do that's specific to WordPress. I think it's kind of funny yeah. when when there's so many hosts. Um, 
like Flywheel that like are, are like that's all we do is WordPress. And you're like, aren't you just like a host though? Like, what do you care what we put on your what yeah. we put on your thing? Like, why would you say no to a craft CMS site? Like, it's the same crap, isn't it? And I think it's like, well, no. I guess not really. You know, there's like so much specific that you can do just for WordPress that it's like it makes sense to specialize in. Yeah, there, there is a lot to do. Um, for example, uh, you'd want to set up Redis uh, for object caching. So, uh, and if you don't do that, then basically every time you hit a WordPress page, it will uh, run queries against MySQL every time. Right, so if you don't have that object cache, you're you're really taxing your server. Well, um, isn't there? I mean, there's nginx reverse proxy caching, which I think would stop some of that. There's Cloudflare could be in the way that would stop that. There's like like the old school caching plugins that make .html files for your thing. Like, <laughs> w, yeah, I don't know why nobody uses those anymore, but it's they seem out of fashion. But like, what was it? Total W. P total cache pro or something like that that would do that. Yeah. So there's yeah. other ways, right? But is Redis like the the hip the best way, perhaps? Okay, so that's a different caching layer, actually. That's page caching. Oh. So object caching is so like if you're querying the database for a post, for example, uh, you cache that that object, so the post object, and uh, then subsequent. But if it's requests, page cached, it's still not making queries, right? I mean, that's right. Then, that's right. So that's the page cache is another level above the object cache. Uh, okay. So, but the, but there are some pages like like uh, in my example before. You know, if you're running an e-commerce site, your checkout can't be page cached, right? So right. that that one there, that page is going to really benefit from an object cache uh, for any objects it needs to bring back. Fascinating, from the fascinating. So yeah. you're the, there's like multiple layers of caching in the way because the, what you're really trying to avoid is any database queries at all. If you can, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> WordPress's database is not exactly uh, optimized for performance. Um, it's basically. The bulk of it is basically a, a, an object value store, uh, but in MySQL, right? Um, so if you're if you're querying uh, any data, any metadata, uh, it can be very very expensive, especially if your database is large. Uh, it basically gets exponentially slower as you query your metadata uh, and your database expands. I have a question: Has that been hard to? work with for like you and your tools or is that kind of like or does it make it easier because it's all in kind of like a post table or you know what i mean yep. like no 100 percent. it it has made it, make it easier or challenging harder? yeah very challenging okay. uh but that's kind of our competitive advantage it's <laughs> coming up with with creative solutions around that uh you know to to uh to you know to improve performance basically I've so. had that lever that been a criticism when I talk about because lately I've been like more and more interested in Jamstack kind of stuff and like isn't it isn't it cool to all these other ways that we can build sites headless CMSs are cool flat file CMSs that kind of stuff is cool like I wonder if you know more and more when I am going to build a new site I like want to look at a wider spectrum of what are the possibilities of building that site. Where do I keep the data? Where what do I trust to do the auth? You know, what's the the hosting like? What do I pre-render and what do I not? All this kind of interesting things. And I like the idea of like I can leverage a lot of that stuff, but still leave my CMS on WordPress if I want to. Um, it's it's just kind of cool to know that that's a possibility because the you know honestly the CMS abilities of WordPress are like pretty good sometimes. You know, you slap advanced custom fields on there or whatever, and you like have a pretty capable CMS, at least that I'm super comfortable with in a way. And then the criticism part comes in there like, but why would you do that when it's not really for that in a way? And like the database structure is so, is like is antiquated or whatever, or just not up for that task in the way that other DBs can be. I don't know where I'm going with that necessarily, but you know, like Am I holding on to WordPress in a way that I don't need to all the time, or is it still cool for stuff like that? I mean, it's a pretty, it's it's pretty stable, kind of reliable. It's like the, you know, 
it's, it's that old old staple, you know, the yeah. old rock, you know. Yeah. And, and if you do you the know, smart stuff that you're doing with it, with you know your page caching and Redis caching and all that, uh, uh, you get the speed too. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And it's been around for so long that I think people are confident in setting it up for performance at this point. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. if, if you adopt some new thing, you don't know where the bottlenecks are. You don't know, you know, necessarily how to to host it in a performant way. So, um, yeah, I yeah. think I think that's the big advantage. Knowing the edges of technology, clutch. That's so important, isn't it? Like, if you can't like tell me three, you know, this is what my co-founder Alex always says. If you can't tell me like three rough edges of any particular technology, then you just haven't used it enough. <laughs> Right, right. I, I feel I feel like serverless is kind of that right now. Like it's the new shiny. It, the promise is so nice. It's like I don't have to worry about servers anymore. There's no drawbacks. Absolutely no drawbacks. <laughs> yeah, it works exactly. for everything. Exactly. Yeah. That's. I haven't heard any. Like it's very rare to hear someone talk trash about serverless at this point. And I'm just like, I don't know where the, the drawbacks are. I don't know. This episode is brought to you in part by WooCommerce. Today, I want to tell you about three exciting updates to WooCommerce. The first one is that WooCommerce version 3.6 shipped recently and added product blocks. So you can build rich pages with blocks in sites running WordPress version 5 or higher that show products by category, best-selling products, hand-picked products, newest products, and products with specific attributes, and more. Super handy if you're using the new Gutenberg WordPress editor. The second cool WooCommerce update is the new WooCommerce mobile app for iOS and Android. You can track your store to see which products are performing best, check revenue, view and manage orders, and get real-time alerts notifying you about store activity like new orders or reviews. So be sure to search for WooCommerce mobile app on the iOS App Store or Google Play today. Finally, if you're running a WooCommerce site right now, you should check out the new Dashboard for WooCommerce admin that the team released as a feature plugin. It's what's going to eventually be the default dashboard in WooCommerce, but you can check it out right now. You get all sorts of data and analytics on your WooCommerce store with a completely customizable dashboard, new reports, and a new activity panel to alert you to what's happening right now in your WooCommerce store. And if you'd like to see a WooCommerce store in operation, go check out the CodePen shop at blog.codepen.io slash shop and try ordering yourself a shirt. The CodePen shop is running on WooCommerce. And the shirt is one of my favorite shirts that I wear each week. Our thanks to WooCommerce for sponsoring this episode of Shop Talk Show. I got, you know, I I, I asked this question on Twitter and uh, Brian LaRue, who, uh, geez, what was his jobs over the years? Uh he was he's big into serverless and very big advocate for it and i finally he was like you know if you're doing like real time communication or something like that it's not the right tool like you need like a rpc server or like a you know rtc or whatever like you need a server that does real time communication and serverless is not that and it was like aha okay now we're starting to get to what it's good at and what it's not you know um stuff like that or like long tasks obviously the real whatever. edges though because they'll i think a a surface level serverless is happy to tell you, well, it's not for long running tasks. It's only for tasks that, you know, have a max out at 30 seconds or whatever, or five minutes or something it is now these days. And uh, there's a scale situation that it's, that it's good at um, scale being like, right. Like 500 micro apps doesn't necessarily make you know, yeah, testing can no. be hard and sharing code can be hard, but those are like the obvious ones. Those are like, just look at the technology and see what the rough edges are like at a, at a high level. But I think that it's probably coming down the line. What are they at a, at a, at a real level? You know, if the world starts using this, the, the real edges will come up. But anyway, we've really diverged from the spin up WP thing. Maybe we need to, Whoa. <laughs> circle back circle back the wagon so so what i like about your company or it seems is one of your missions seems to be like let's find pain points of wordpress and fix them is that kind of your like mission statement is that kind of how you're operating yeah kind of uh <laughs> i actually it's i think it's a lot simpler than that and probably not as noble uh, it's it's really I'm just spotting opportunities. I'm just scratching my own itch, basically. Uh, so mm-hmm. so the genesis of MigrateDB Pro we already talked about. I was scratching my own itch there. 
uh, with uh, Offload Media, WP Offload Media is our, our, our second plugin that we built. Uh, that was to get around uh, a clustered environment. So if you have a WordPress set up in a cluster uh, and you uh, upload an image, let's say, it'll go onto the machine that you're hitting for that request. But if you're in a cluster, you've got multiple machines running your WordPress site and that image is not going to federate to those other machines. <laughs> so I created this plugin that would, instead of, that would basically hijack that upload and send it to Amazon S3 right away so that your whole media library would be uh, in S3 and you know, off of the servers uh, in your cluster. Um, and uh, so, again, just scratching my own itch there. Um, and so, mm-hmm. so that's, and then spin up WP, same thing. We're like, we would really love for this to exist. Let's build it. Um, I mean, there was a bit more to it than that. You know, we talked to potential customers and stuff, made sure that we weren't the only people in the world that wanted to, <laughs> to exist. Uh, but, but otherwise, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. Uh, we're just, just uh, trucking. So, so, some of it is cost. So, some of it is like, okay, I, I, I'm going to, to save some cost, what I'm going to do is just, use AWS directly because there's all the power in the world there if I want it and it's not particularly expensive or I'm just going to get a raw DO box DigitalOcean and just use it for my WordPress site like I don't need I don't necessarily need help doing that I would need help because I don't know what I'm doing but like somebody who's has done this before hey it's a box you install PHP on it you install MySQL on it you install WordPress and away you go but is that you <laughs> saying like mm, that's a lot of responsibility and you're probably not nearly getting out of that box what you could be is spin up spin up wp that's what it seems like to me is like no we'll spin up that do box for you and just do a killer job doing it we're going to make this thing like scream for you yeah exactly and uh and kind of the other part of it is um you know we could have built an app that just did that just spun up their server and kind of set them off to sea, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Good luck, fella. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the problem is, people have anxiety about maintaining their server. Like, am I going to be able to keep up with security updates? Uh, you know, what if, what if, what if? And so, part of the mission for SpinUp WP is to help educate people on how to maintain their server. Um, one one rule that we've kind of made for ourselves is to never like push updates to people's servers like without them knowing about it. Um, so uh, because I, I find that that in the past has largely been the cause of the, any downtime I've had is when I'm on a host and they do something to their infrastructure, and you know, and then something blows up, right? Right. Um, so so we. And because you're you're with SpinUp WP, you're bringing your own server and you're kind of owning it more. We feel like you know let's let's be very careful. If we need to upgrade something on the server, we're going to give them an upgrade routine that they can run at their at their uh, preferred time, right? When they want to do it, when they have time to do it, when they have time to like babysit the server for a few hours afterwards, you know, um, and uh, you know. It, if there's a PHP security thing, then we'll, any security updates automatically get installed on the server. So we, we, we definitely do that. But if you want to update your PHP version from you know, 7.3 to 7.4 when it comes out, mm-hmm. then, then you can just do that in, in your control panel just by you know, choosing it. That makes drop a lot down. of sense. So spin up WP, just for people's understanding, is not something... You install like I don't like npm install spin up wp or whatever. Spin up wp is like a cloud thing that you have. It's a delicious brains product. You go have an account on it or whatever, but it's just it's a website. It's a control panel thing, and I use I pay for it and I use it to spin up something like a DigitalOcean box. But that DigitalOcean box is mine. I have to pay yep. for that. So in two. Exactly. In a sense, here it's a, it adds a little bit of complication because now I'm paying two companies. I'm paying you and I'm paying DigitalOcean. Yep. So it's you know right. that so might be like eh, I don't love that, but 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 what you get out of it is is a heck of a lot too. So do you want to just you know like I, you know whatever? It's not a marketing show, but I'm interested to hear like what's the whole checklist? What do I get? 
what, what do you, what, what's in it for me? Um, yeah, I mean, you get uh, like, well, first of all, the stack that we set up is going to be tuned for WordPress. So, you know, we're running Nginx with, you know, the, the object cache is set up, your page caching is set up, like all that is, is set up uh, right out of the box. Yeah. Um, and you get Let's Encrypt SSL certificates, like automatically mm-hmm. configured for your sites that you deploy. You get uh, one thing that's really cool for developers is uh, Git push to deploy. So you can set up, set it up so that um, when you push to GitHub, your GitHub repo or any Git repo, really, uh, it will any Git repo that supports webhooks. The webhook will fire back to spin up WP and will pull the latest from whatever branch you've configured to as your deploy branch. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. The, that seems massive to me. Like, so it's yeah. <laughs> all this su- a super perform or tuned site, and we're talking mm-hmm. a ten dollar a month box on DigitalOcean, right? We're not talking about a massive, yeah, right. So it's, you know, not that $10 is trivial, but it's kind of trivial. It's like nowhere near like a managed host kind of thing. And HTTPS just comes along for the ride. And Mm -hmm. backups come for the ride. You didn't mention that, but it looks like it says that here. That's pretty rad, right? You just get that for for quote unquote free, you know? Mm -hmm. And then this get to deploy thing, which which is kind of a big deal in that you don't, I don't think you necessarily like expect that in WordPress land. Like, I don't know of any, I think maybe, uh, what's the one that just bought Flywheel? The, the, weren't they in Austin for a minute, Dave? What's that one? WP Engine. Engine. They're kind of like Git-focused yeah. in a way, or at least they had some stuff going on there, I think, right? Yep. But it's not particularly common, right? It's not like Netlify, which is, that's just like a thing. It's just, you push and it deploys. That's like a first-class citizen, this Git stuff. And I'm seeing this more and more. To the point where I hope, and I think you're a part of this, so congratulations, golf clap. It should get get push to master should be the way to deploy something, you know. And I'm glad that it is in this case because it's, you know there's plenty of things that have like been middlemen in between that, and those apps have been great. Deploy bot or deploy HQ and Buddy, who's sponsored the show. I use Buddy. We're using Buddy right now to be our deployment for for shop talk because it's kind of this thing that can watch a github repo and then you can teach it about sftp and you can connect the two things that way i mean that's great i'm glad that that exists it's not like and they do so much more than just that that it's like it's it'll be a product that exists forever but it's like the host should do that i feel like any host for any product they need to look at this git thing and be like this is what our customers need like we're the hosting destination. We should help our customers get their code to our servers. And Git is clearly the way forward with that. And it's, it's, it's weird almost that it's taken this long to make that a first-class citizen in the world, I think. Yeah. We, we, we love Buddy as well. We use Buddy. Um, our, our, our Git push-to-deploy feature in, in Spin Up WP is pretty basic, right? So it's like Buddy allows you to have a pipeline and do builds. Yeah, that exactly. It's if they, and if they fail, if they fail, it won't deploy it. And like all, like yeah. there's really a lot to it. But ours is just kind of a simple Git push deploy, which is probably good enough for plenty of use cases. So I, I do have a uh, question about that. Like um, in the past, I've always been like, what should I make my Git repo anyway with WordPress? Like, I need to have this discussion with somebody who knows what they're talking about. Because I've been like, should it just be like the theme? Because that's like mostly what I author. And then that's a tiny little Git repo and I can plunk it right where it needs to go. And that seems really small and efficient. But it's like, that's not really enough because themes often depend on plugins and there's just more to it. So I was like, in the past, I've been like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to make the whole root of this entire site on Git. And then everything is here. If I need a static file at the root, I have it. It's in the repo. Everything I need to run this site is in the repo. And it just felt good to me, but it also felt a little heavy handed. Like, oh my God, to mm-hmm. update WordPress, I need to like do it locally and then push WordPress core files to a repository. A little much. And then I've moved hosts recently where I can't. The host doesn't even let you touch core WordPress files, which is good. It's like a security thing. So it's like, oh, well, I have to change what my Git repo is now, I guess. And there, you know, the general consideration is just put the WP content folder, make that the root 
of your Git thing. Is that like industry standard? Like what do people do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's plenty of different opinions on this. This is like, this is almost tabs versus spaces level. Uh, really? Oh, I didn't realize <laughs> I was stepping in it, but it makes sense because it's like... Yeah, I'm, okay, it's not that big of a deal, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's that big, uh, but no, it's it's pretty it's pretty big deal. Uh, like there's, I think the way we recommend at this point is to use Composer actually, which is a PHP the PHP package manager uh, to manage kind of uh, your your WordPress plugins and um, and then you can commit your Composer file, which would include the version of each plugin. Uh, that you've installed via comp- com- via okay, Composer. Okay, so this keeps your plugins themselves, like the actual like files, out of the repo. Exactly, and then as part of your deploy process, you would run Composer install, and Composer install would update any plugins that have changed versions or install plugins that have been added to your Composer uh, .json. So does this spin up WP? Does it work with that approach? I'm sure it does. It absolutely to... does. It does. Nice. Yeah, Sweet. you can run a script, a post deploy script. Uh, the only rub there that you have to be careful of is that. If your post deploy script fails, you're you know there's no it's going to be broken. Your site's going to be broken, so you have to really uh, yeah. Know, be what's the emergency button look like then? Can you? Cause I always I, I feel like on my kind of traditional host where I can like log in with FTP, I always have that as an emergency situation. Like oh, I'm just going to FTP in and I'm just going to like dr- literally delete that folder that's a busted ass plugin and WordPress will deactivate it for me and then maybe I'll hand drag a fresh copy of that plugin back into place and cross my fingers that works you know <laughs> like is there a yeah I have that available I suppose this way too right if it's a digital ocean box I can get into it somehow or... oh yeah exactly you, you can uh, you have full SSH access uh, we've yeah. got two classes of SSH user that you can so each site that you create has its own site user and it's restricted to the site's files, so you can't access, you know, the nginx configs on the server or anything like that. Um, and then you've got um, what we're calling sudo users. So those users have full root access, so they can, you know, run commands as sudo. And uh, yeah, they've got the keys to the castle, right? So um, we actually, soon after launch, we actually implemented that because we realized a bunch of people were telling us, hey, hey, uh, yeah, this isn't going to work because we our, our, our users need to be restricted to the site because <laughs> we we're hosting a bunch of client sites, so we need to give them access to their sites, but not other people's sites. Yeah. It's not one site per box, right? There's one box can have a bunch of sites on it is the idea. That that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We've talked a lot about Netlify Build before, the Git workflow for web development, where you can build, deploy, and manage modern web projects super easily with Netlify. They just launched something new they're calling Netlify Dev, where you can run their entire platform right on your laptop or your desktop, I suppose too. You can preview it all, site generation, functions, and edge logic. So imagine the productivity boost of being able to locally test your site generator, API integrations, serverless functions, and edge rules all in a single development server. That's Netlify Dev, a powerful way to build and test modern web apps on your local machine. With one simple command, you can install Netlify Dev to use on any project. That'll spawn a fully local environment of Netlify Dev that automatically detects and runs your site generator, makes environment variables available, performs edge logic and routing rules, and compiles and runs cloud functions. The extra bonus is that you can even stream that live, so Netlify Dev takes hot reloading to a whole new level, allowing you to actually stream your dev server to a live URL, which is great for collaborative development. You can now share your work as you work and get instant feedback. So I could be working on my site, I could have it open in a browser, open on my phone, see the changes live as they're happening, but you could also have it wherever you are in the world, open on your browser or on your phone, and whenever I update something, the site will update and you'll be able to see it. Netlify Dev automatically detects common tools like Gatsby, Hugo, Jekyll, React Static, Eleventy, and more, providing a zero-config setup for your local dev server. Netlify has faithfully replicated their powerful edge logic engine in WebAssembly so you can locally test all the same rules before deploying them to their global infrastructure. 
You can write cloud functions in modern JavaScript, adding needed dependencies. Netlify will compile your functions as AWS Lambdas and deploy them as full API endpoints. Local testing works too. It all comes with Netlify Live, a hosted service that continually runs your dev command, just like you do locally, watching for changes. The result is an instant preview you can share with your entire team with live updates as code and content changes. Like I said at the beginning, Netlify Dev installs with a Netlify CLI, create new sites, set up continuous deployment, and push new deploys right from the command line. And Netlify Dev is just the beginning. Take your local development to Netlify Build, power collaboration through Netlify's Git-based workflow with deploy previews, branch testing, and more. So check out Netlify Dev at netlify.com. And our thanks to Netlify for sponsoring this episode of Shop Talk Show. So it's as cheap as nine dollars a month. You don't. This isn't a. You don't. You use this in perpetuity in a way, right? Because Spinup WP provides all this stuff for you, long term, right? It'll help you upgrade your PHP version when that's ready, and it does the backups for you, and it helps you with the Git stuff and all that. This is a thing that this isn't a help me spin up a box and leave kind of product. You just you just leave it. You leave it managing your sites long term, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. If you if you if you cancel your subscription, uh, you can totally do that, and you can totally walk away with with the box. It's totally yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a few things that will stop working that we're managing via the app. For example, Let's Encrypt certificates will stop uh, right. renewing, so you need to figure out a way to set that up. Uh, and uh, like an, another thing, backups. Like we're handling the backups via the app too. So the backups. It is kind of neat. Like don't cancel because it, you know, or like figure out your crap before you cancel. But it's like you know, if you stop paying your host, <laughs> the implications are a little worse than <laughs> stopping paying you because your site will stop. Yeah. But this, your site doesn't stop. Not that we want to encourage yeah. people to do that, but it's just it's just interesting because you're not the host. You're just this. Yeah, that, I mean that's a, an advantage that we were totally, uh, you know, proud of that we didn't, um, that we have uh, kind of resisted the urge to uh, have platform lock in, you know, lock in our customers because it's so common today, right? You sign up for something and you're just locked into it and you can't get out no matter how terrible it is. <laughs> cool. But um, and so, like, if someone's really not enjoying our service, it would be nice if they could just leave, you know, and maybe they'll be back later. Who knows, right? Yeah, perhaps. And, and but it also means that because you're this middleman, that like, let's say you want to move your DigitalOcean box to an AWS situation, you can also do that, right? That's right. Yeah. If it's exactly. cheaper or something else comes along that offered some cool stuff or whatever, because it's it like the offerings of those companies are. I mean, they're a little bit more commodity, I guess, than. But it's not like they don't. They have their own interesting reasons why you might use them, don't they? Who who has their own interesting reasons? Like like a DigitalOcean, right? Like the fact that you've picked them to spin up your box on, you get some stuff from Do too. I don't know yeah, if they do yeah, WordPress backups, but they you know they like ultimately the speed of the site a little bit depends on them too. They have their own uptime and things like that. If they had a major outage, it would affect you for sure. Still, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I mean that's something that. So that that's one thing that we get criticized for uh, is is uh, you got all your eggs in one basket, right? Because you're you're you've got the one server, your your site or sites are running all on that server, and if it goes down or you know DigitalOcean goes down and you're on DigitalOcean, then you're down, right? There's no there is no failover, um, but. Uh, so, so then, you know, we get requests from people like, can maybe, can I, can you guys work on setting up a load balancer and kind of a clustered setup so that it's, mm-hmm. there's more redundancy. So you don't offer well, that just yet. Yeah. We, we don't offer that just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of on the fence about it actually. Um, cause the thing is if DigitalOcean goes down and your cluster is in on DigitalOcean, then you're going down. <laughs> It doesn't matter if you have a cluster, and and you know nine times uh, out of ten, that's a good point. Nine yeah. times out of ten, the downtime is because the of a networking issue or something at the data center, and so like a DDoS on DigitalOcean or CloudFront or something, you know, or the something like that. network switch update 
caused a glitch and cascaded through the whole data center. You, who knows, right? Like there's 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 yeah. so uh, so many things. The thing that, that you put in place yeah. to prevent this is the cause of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it I mean, it's so there's so much abstraction now. Like these cloud servers are amazing. Like it's amazing that you can just spin up a little VM somewhere right now, and you you it, it it abstracts the whole infrastructure that's involved. Like when I I actually started a web hosting company way back in 2002, and we literally drove to the data center with the physical servers in our car and put them in racks in the in the data center, you know, and so. You know, I've got, you know, that was 2002 and here we are, you know, in 2019 and uh, I haven't touched a server in many years and I'm happy that I didn't, haven't. <laughs> so, I mean, who's the, uh, who's the ideal customer then in a way? Are you kind of hoping this is a, a for everybody kind of thing here? Or is... No, definitely not. So we, we don't, we don't, uh, basically you have to have a, a technical mindset, I like to say. So maybe you're a designer, but you write front-end code, and you're used to debugging, and you're really enthusiastic about learning, and maybe you want to learn about how to manage your, your own server. That's totally, totally something for that type of person. Um, so you don't have to be a sysadmin or a div, you know, back-end developer or anything like that. I think, I think if you have the right mindset, you can set out uh, to, to learn how to, uh, how to run your own server. Um, we have a, a tutorial series that walks you through all of the steps to do it manually. And I, I really, when someone wants to learn, I think that's the best way. I actually don't recommend people use SpinUpWP that are just like starting out with managing their own server because it's like, it's like uh, learning about Git by, you know, buying Git Tower and like, <laughs> and you know you're not going to learn how Git works by using a GUI app, right? You you have to use the commands mm. to, to to understand it. Um, so so that's what I recommend. People go through the tutorial and and learn that way. And then after they've done that once, they kind of get it. Then they can switch to spin up WP and they save a ton of time. And it's just way more convenient to create a new site on their server and stuff, right? Yeah, what is the, what's the DNS scene like then? Like you buy a domain, like where do you point it? You gotta, you're still following like whatever DigitalOcean's recommendation is then for? Well, so when you, when you provision a server, uh, you'll get an IP address and then you just plug that into wherever your DNS is hosted is usually. So we're not, mm-hmm. we're not doing any DNS service. Uh, DigitalOcean does have a DNS service. Um, we per- personally, I prefer uh, Cloudflare's DNS service because it's, I think, probably the fastest out there, um, and they have a great API as well. We're, we're we have right. plans the to actually name, point your name servers at Cloudflare, point your A right. records at the IP address that you got from Do. Yeah, exactly. Wait. That seems nice too, and you'll get you'll get stuff from Cloudflare too that, you know, is as good as your job you're doing with SpinUp WP. There's stuff that at the Cloudflare level that you can't do, which they can. Oh yeah, we love Cloudflare. It's great. Uh, we plan to integrate with them, like uh, so that you can manage your DNS uh, from SpinUp WP without having to log into your Cloudflare control oh, panel. Oh sure, bring that little dashboard over. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then we then we'll be able to do cool stuff though too. Like if you're if you're creating a new site and you've got your Cloudflare account hooked up, like we could automatically create uh, an A record over there for that, right? Oh, or I see. So you don't even A-record. have to touch it. Then it just it's automatic. Yeah, yeah. and then nice. if you're uh, if let's say you're moving a site, uh, we don't have a move tool at the moment, but imagine we did. Uh, and you're moving your site from one server to another. Uh, you could, we could automatically update that that DNS record for you to when we're when we're kind of at the very tail end of that move, and that would flip flip everything over to to point at the new server. So there's definitely some really cool use cases for having uh, access to the DNS for sure. Sweet. So so in the, you know. 
Well, I guess one of my favorite things you said just recently was that technical mindset thing, which is a, kind of a fascinating way to think about it. It's not like you have to be a DevOps person or be a backend person or, you know, whatever. You're like, even if you're a front-end person, if you have a mm-hmm. technical mindset in some way, you can you can perhaps do this. Yeah, I think it's I think it's also like the learning the learning mindset, right? Like if you're if you're keen to learn, I think that is the big ingredient, right? Because um, you, you can kind of work backwards from where you want to end up. Like if you want to end up managing your own server, okay, well then you need to know how to SSH into a server first of all. Okay, I don't know how to do that. How do I do that? <laughs> you know, and then just go backwards until you get to the place where there is something you know how to do, <laughs> and then and then kind of proceed from there. So yeah, think of how many doors that opens up overall. Like has, that really has nothing to do with hosting or WordPress or anything. That's kind of like if you're just like up for that kind of stuff, that's a door opening mindset that you can have for sure. You know, like I don't know. I've never used React, but I can follow this tutorial. Oh, I kind of get it. Oh, here's some spots that I totally have no idea what's going on, but uh, maybe I will next time I play with it or Yeah. I think it's I think it's also like a mindset that you know applies to so many parts of life. Uh, so I think for business, for example, like you might be a great developer, right? Uh, and you want to launch the next hotness of SaaS app or something, right? Well, if you want to do that, you still have to have a learning mindset to learn marketing, right? To learn maybe business how to forge business relationships, how to do customer development. Like there's so many things that go into starting a business other than actually building the app. Um, so th- you're going to have to learn all of those things, right? If you want to make a if you're if you want your app to be a success. So Yeah, I like that. That that it's not only technical. Your 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 learning mindset helps you in an entrepreneurial spirit as well. I'm sure it I'm sure it helps in everything. I'm sure there's yeah, some doctors sure. sitting around now and be like, you know what makes a good doctor? You know, a curious doctor, you know, willing to, you know, whatever. That exactly. Kind of open-minded mindset will serve you in, in lots of different ways. So, I mean, what speaking of learning, did, did you bring, like, what, I'm sure this second product has lessons in it. It's not your second product. I realize you have the, you know, the offloading product. And don't you have, like, a SES product, too, or something? I think I use that we do. one. Yeah. And we use that on on CodePen's blog for some reason because the server that it's on, it's just easier for us to use AWS for some things, you know. Um, oh, nice. Uh, but I'm sure it's a lot a smaller market for those things, right? Than something like what WP DB Migrate Pro. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I I feel like the market size for spin up WP might be bigger than all of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But like the SES one is smaller, I would think. Maybe not though. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it definitely uh, is. So and there's add-ons and stuff to the DB Pro, right? So it's like it's it's a big ball of stuff. In fact, I used one that I never used the other day because I have this situation where I wanted I want contributors. Like, let's say you have a WordPress site and you want people to work with you, but like not not it's not that you don't trust them, but like it's irresponsible of the of them. It's irresponsible of you to give them a production database because a production database might have a bunch of users in it and their real email addresses and their real <laughs> purchase history and stuff like that. Like that's not cool, you know? Yep. So is exactly. it there's an add-on to anon- anonymize stuff that works that's pretty right. well with, yeah. with DB Pro, which yeah, is we, cool. So you- we built that uh, as in the spirit of GDPR, all the GDPR uh, oh, right snafu. <laughs> I yeah. think it's, I don't know, the, my use case felt kind of perfect for, you know, like a, I want collaborators, but that they shouldn't have, a, even my even if they worked for me, like employees probably shouldn't have the entire user database of a production site in some cases, you know? I yeah, know. I, I've thought about that too. I, I, I get apprehensive about that when I call like customer support at like my bank or like anywhere else. And I'm like, do they have access to everything? <laughs> they, they definitely do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it, you know, then it seems like you make this new product, and it's not deliciousbrains.com slash spinupwp. It's got its own domain. You know that that type of stuff smells to me like like a learning, like a, we're going to do this differently and based on lessons from the past kind of thing. 
Yeah, the, the anonymizer is interesting. So, like, I wonder if uh, I wonder if that's something that uh, people people are actually using. Like, we, we're not even actually tracking anything about that. <laughs> it could be wildly popular, and we have no idea. So, this is the, <laughs> yeah. this is the first recorded instance right now. <laughs> No, I, that embarrasses me sometimes too. Or somebody's like, "What's your, uh, you know, what, what's your daily active users?" And you're like, "What? I have. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what our revenue is. Don't ask me any more questions." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's on your mind over there, Dave? Sounds like y'all need some charts and graphs. <laughs> That's Dave a, is. the Dave Rupert specialty. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think it's neat. I think well. From you know, have you ever heard of like the second album effect or whatever? How like musicians, it's really hard to like make a second album. Mm. Have, have are you the guys familiar slump, with this concept yeah, or whatever? So, yeah, sophomore slump. Yeah, like is that is uh, that why uh, Madonna uh, and David Bowie they like reinvented themselves for every album or something? Yeah, I, I, maybe that's part of it. Is is like reinventing? I just you know you have a product. I feel like household name for WordPress developers. WP. D- DB Migrate Pro. Did I do all those in the right order? Close um, enough. Uh, close enough. 50% accuracy. But the uh, but I, I like this spin up WP uh, because I I don't know. I've in the past I've I've like ran, you know, you set up you can set up a, a WordPress. Like people do it all the time, but do you set it up great? Do you set it up poorly you know do you <laughs> isn't that what you've done now you've seeded doubt with all of us that like i will never do my own aws wordpress site because i'm probably gonna do it wrong you've just made us all doubt ourselves. <laughs> oh i just i mean not like wrong but it, it's just it's it's the reason i use mamp on my local host for everything you know or like like it's just like i just okay it's always the same every time or like it has some predictability. I just think this is kind of cool that you're doing this for production environments. It seems like you're solving like back to the second album thing, like you're solving a problem that people are having um, that not just, or you said you're solving your problem, but I think a lot of people are having this problem. And I think particularly in this, like the, the WordPress shops like that are doing, you know, five, 10, 20 WordPress sites a year or something like that. You know, that that's, this is kind of optimal for them because, your your updates your everything kind of all like uh, i i guess it's it's all together all your environments are the same and that's kind of a good thing for if you're doing a lot of different sites or projects or whatever your environments at least have some consistency and and that's like eliminates uh just a major wild card for wordpress <laughs> development so I, I think this is very cool and I wish I had the opportunity to use it. I guess I totally could if WordPress comes across our plate, but this is very cool. So here's here's something you could try with that I just remembered when you were talking. Um, so remember I said that SpinUpWP works with anything with an IP address? Well, technically, you could spin up a, a VM locally on your own machine, right, with just Ubuntu. Expose and the then, IP. Mm-hmm. And expose the IP and point spin up WP at it and have it set up like a local VM on your machine with the the whole stack and and yeah and, and I mean if you kept the IP exposed I mean you you could keep going you could keep adding sites and managing your VM that way um, I I had problems doing that personally because my stupid router uh, has a block on port twenty two so the SSH Port it won't allow incoming connections on that port, um, but I have the worst router in the world, so that's probably not a problem for everyone. So I mean, it's it's um, it's fun as a thought experiment, but it's also like, isn't more and more the spirit of local development be like, we need to make this more like production, and that if it's fake production, that causes problems. I mean, I'd say. Maybe once a month we have a problem like that at CodePen in some small or big way. This isn't behaving on production like it is in local development. And lately we've been trying to to fight that in new, interesting kind of ways. One of them, which you'd probably be interested in because it's it's like we had to write our own WP Migrate DB Pro, kind of, you know, like, like let's script it ourselves. And so we can't use it because our database is entirely, totally 
bespoke to CodePen, you know, like a, like a lot of apps in our case is. But in the past, we've been like, well, whatever, we'll just do a dump of the DB once in a while. And like, you know, I, I bet the DB I was using up until a few weeks ago was two years old, believe it or not. Just, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's mostly fine, you know. And if I need a table here and there, I can bug DevOps to like just export me one table and I'll import it fine. But it's, you know, it's been more and more of a problem because it's like, you know, I don't know, we have some new areas of the site that have new data and yada, yada, yada. So, so finally, uh, you know, Alex was largely doing this over on our team, like scripted up his own fancy DB script that has like a YAML config file. So you basically put a, you know, it's like the UI you built for WP. <laughs> we almost need an acronym. I gotta say the whole thing. We actually have an acronym internally. Oh. We just say M- MDB. It's very simple. MDB. <laughs> MDB. Thank gosh. Yeah. Okay. MDB. Um, <laughs> and you, you know, you just put a, you know, how you click which tables you want in there. You know, like I want this one, this one, this one. And usually you just grab them all, but sometimes you just want to limit the scope of what you're pulling. And it's just a YAML config of that, but it's but the YAML config is much deeper because it's like, do you want to wipe your DB first or not? Do you want to wipe this table first or not? Which users do you want? Should the users follow each other for various reasons? Do you want, you know, so it's all these like little special things. And the idea is that when you run it, it takes a minute or two, not like forever. And the final database is like, you know, 100 megabytes, maybe, not even, you know, rather than... <laughs> a terabyte or whatever the production code <laughs> database is, you know. So sometimes you have to write your own little thing like that, yep. you know. Absolutely. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I, I think um yeah, that that's interesting cuz like so are you basically excluding all the pens basically data no, pretty those much come Just, too. So you say I want this user, it gets everything associated with that user there. Are, their pens, ah. their projects, their their comments, their activity. It's it's a it's a little complicated how it has to snake through the DB and get all that stuff. Right, uh, but it okay. kind of just so has you to. Do, you do it by user, so it's it's all this user and that user and all their associated data, and but you limit it to the like. The yeah, and what would be too bad is if you grabbed them and like they're. Pro- I'm following, you know, a couple hundred users. It'd be nice to go get those users too, so that my experience locally is kind of like what they see. Because it's mm-hmm. social in that way, but we're like, you know what? That's like a little too crazy. So we just the users that you pull, we just force them to follow each other instead, <laughs> and then you get that kind of social <laughs> experience uh, without having to snake too deeply. Yeah, I'm looking forward for the to the for the to the first bug because of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, turns out, uh, why am I following everyone? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And we don't have to do that much data munging on the way back in like you have to, you know, like it's pretty much we just pull it. And the way that it works is I I think is, you know, SSH is into the box, runs a, you know, MySQL dump, grabs the file, pulls it locally and then runs it. So it's fast in that way. But there's so much data that it's still about it's still a couple minutes to run. I don't know why I ended up telling that story. I just did for some reason. Oh, because of the because then it makes our you know so we were talking about having local be more like production. You know, like that would be kind of cool if you did this with spin up WP, pointed at yourself, so that what you're running locally is like super very 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 similar to mm-hmm. the ultimate box. It wouldn't be you know, it's not a Docker container or whatever. So it's not. I guess it's not super exactly right. But does Do give you local boxes to spin up? I wouldn't doubt that they do. Well, so Do does have Docker, but we we're just using straight up VMs. So it's just you just get a, a Linux, you get a Linux VM on on yeah. wherever you want, and then you point spin up. So it's still to a VM, it and it's still it would still be identical. Yeah, and no, it would literally be you know as close as you can imagine. And because like DigitalOcean's VMs are virtualized as environments as well, right? It's like they're not. Right. It's not like you're not like when you get a five dollar uh, droplet at DigitalOcean, you're getting your own physical machine there. <laughs> that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sure if you're willing to pay for it, they'd be glad to help you out. Oh yeah, yeah. starting at twenty two thousand dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, any final thoughts, Mr. Day? No, I, I just, again, I, thanks for all the work you do. I think you, you make WordPress a lot easier to work with and, and just not, you know, 
even at the like I'm just barely getting into this clients, deployments, scale, all backing up DBs. So thanks for all the work you've done. Uh, I think it's definitely made my life easier. So thank you, and thanks for coming on the show. Uh, for people who aren't following you, Brad, how can they follow you and give you money? Uh, well, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm just Brad T, so at Brad T. And uh, I don't really blog anymore, so forget that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But uh, deliciousbrains.com and spinupwp.com is kind of what we've been talking about. So, yeah, that's that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcatcher choice. Be sure to star heart favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Shop Talk Show for tens of tweets a month. And if you hate your job, head over to shoptalkshow.com slash jobs and get a brand new one because people want to hire people like you. And Chris, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Shopduckshow.com. <laughs>